Hello and welcome to this From the Rookery End special dedicated to Lloyd Doyley. Now, 10 years is a long time, especially in football, and 10 years ago, on the 26th of September 2001, Lloyd Doyley made his debut for the Watford first team. He was substituted for Pierre Issa, member of the Man with a Stretcher, after only 20 minutes in a game that ended 3-3 with Birmingham City. Since then, he's become the rock of our team and become a face that if it disappeared, things would just feel a little bit weird around Vicarage Road. He's played over 300 games, under six different managers, he helped Watford get into the Premier League and so far scored just one goal. But what a goal it was. So at the start of his testimonial year, Lloyd gave up a bit of his time to take us behind the scenes at Vicarage Road and talk to us about his ten years wearing yellow. You might have already heard about ten minutes of the interview on From the Rookery End podcast 2.1, still available from iTunes. But here is the interview in full. Sit back, relax and enjoy as we start in the Watford changing room with Lloyd giving us a bit of a talk. A podcast made by Watford fans for Watford fans from the rookery end. Where do you normally sit? I normally sit right over here. This is my seat. Has it always been your seat? No. I'm in the sub, you're over there. <laughs> <laughs> I've always sat here the last few years so okay. who's next to you? Um, Scott Lokes Scott Lee there. Hodson okay Adrian Mariapa Tani uh, and then you stay and then just go down so you actually, you actually go in team order yeah, back four match, order. yeah we normally do back four midfield and the strikers and subs are there just so you know when the boss is talking to the defenders, yeah. he's talking to us, not one, two, three, four, if you know what I mean. Okay. So I'm sensing when you come into, into the dressing room, this is very much, this is the, the most serious place at the football club in, in this room. Here. Well, yeah, no, before the game, everyone's got different ways of relaxing. Some people, we've got uh, loud music stereo there, uh-huh. we've got two screens, with, you know, sometimes if we, if there's like a game at 12 30, we watch quite a lot of it okay. until uh, until about quarter past one, and then uh, we normally have a meeting about half one. Then it starts getting a bit more serious, but we've still got the music on because you know, everyone's got different ways of relaxing. Mm. Some people like to just listen to the old music with headphones on. How do you do? How do you, what do you do? I'm the one that normally reads the CDs, and so uh, <laughs> I listen to the music that's on, and I t- I just like just just relax normally get a little massage, mm. do my normal preparation of just taking my time and uh, I normally do a little bit of uh, proprioception which is uh, just just to warm up my body. What's I used to bands, walk backwards and forwards, warm up my glutes, okay. you know, you know, warm up my ankles. I'm getting a little bit older now. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I need to do. <laughs> have, you got, have you got a CD fan then for the first home game of the season? Do you know what CD you're going to bring in? Not yet. I'm sure there will be a few people with their iPods or iPhones. Is it, is it new music or are they, are they classic hits? It's normally new, to be honest. Whatever's big at a time, we normally put it all on a CD or on our iPods and just play it. Some people will like to listen to, you know, Arctic Monkeys or a bit of indie music, a bit of rock music, but mostly it is like high tempo music, like funky house or, you know, a bit of house music, a bit of, you know, something to get you going, Mm. really. Or even a little bit of R&B or hip hop. 
Yeah. You're, so you're in your tenth year as a Watford first team player. Or how has this room changed in that time? Apart from perhaps a bit of a decoration, because it looks quite new. This is certainly not the, the original changing room. Yeah. Well, um, you know, this got changed about three years ago. Okay. Uh, I think just before Eddie Bruford left. Um, you've got this room sorted because this room was just as bad right. as the array, array room. Yeah, we've just been in there and it isn't yeah. the nicest place in the it's world. It's not the it? nicest. It's, it's, it's not nice for another array team, but, you know, it's not supposed to be, is it? No, it's <laughs> get them in the wrong frame of mind. That's basically. right. So, uh, you know, everything in there is just perfect for us. We've got the big screen where we put all of our um, set pieces up, our game plan, you know, who's marking who and where everybody is at set pieces. So with, with, with that, in terms of the, the build-up to when you talk about those things, have you talked about them a lot in the week? And yeah. Is it a reminder or do you do a lot of changes on it? Yeah, on well, we normally do it on the first day, set pieces and stuff. We normally go through it on the first day and on Friday we finalise stuff. And everything that's been finalised is normally put up on the big screen. And sometimes, you know, if we're playing away, we normally have a little meeting before we set off to the ground. Okay. And we go through it again. You know, in football, most goals are scored by set piece, at set pieces. So, we was quite good at that last year. We mm. scored quite a lot and yeah. uh, we defended quite well. So, uh, I'm sure, I'm sure the boss is going to continue that. So, hopefully, really good to yeah. he, you. Yeah, he, he'll be the... I think it would be the sixth manager to have picked you in your time here at Watford. How, how were they all I'm different? not picked yet. <laughs> <laughs> well, you, 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 played, you, picked you played the pre-season games. You've picked you for like, oh, okay. <laughs> um, you know, in that, in How have all those managers been different for you, you know, in terms of... You know, uh, yeah. When I first had my debut on the Viali, I was pretty shocked to get in, to be honest, because uh, we brought, you know, seven or eight... I think about nine players actually mm-hmm. in that mm-hmm. time, and uh, you know it was, it was a bit of a you know scary moment because obviously Graham Taylor gave me pro. He actually had the faith in me to give me pro. Then Viardi came in and I was, wasn't too sure, but you know with a lot of hard work, I played 25 games that year. Mm. But um, yeah, every man is just different, really. Everyone's got different ways of coaching. Sean Dyche and Malky, they're quite similar, to be honest in the way they coach very similar I'm sure Sean Dice learned that from hmm. Malky and I'm sure Malky learned, got bits and bobs from A.D. Bufroyd as mm-hmm. well because uh, you know we, we're quite an organised club in everything we do Who, who for you was the, the, the best manager? Well um, I think you go off probably success the most successful time for me as a player was when we got promoted and uh, so you know, I would put A.D. Bufroyd, even though maybe his style of football might have not pleased everyone. Mm-hmm. It worked for us at the time. Mm-hmm. And uh, we were a fourth, fourth in the championship that year. So uh, I think I'd probably go with the most successful year. Okay. Is that something that players pick up on, Lloyd? I mean, personally, I'm the school of thought, if we're winning, I'm happy, basically, I want to see us do well. But, I mean, but there was a few, you know, non-Watford supporters would say, oh, you're under AD, we didn't play great football. Do you pick up on that as players and perhaps even mention to him, can we try something different? Um, yeah, at the time, you know, when, when you're winning, yeah, you don't really think about that because you're winning. And, you know, we won most games that year. 
well, not most games. We won quite a lot of games that year. I think that was always an afterthought, you know, the way we was playing because we was winning. But um, you know, teams eventually realised how we were going to play and mm. matched it really. Mm. And sometimes it was a bit hard to break them down. And that's what we needed as a you know as a second option maybe to maybe get the ball down and try and play through them which we didn't do as much in the Premiership, for instance. When we got relegated from the Premiership, you know, Eddie Buford, he obviously realised that we needed to play football a little bit more. And uh, I think he wanted to bring that upon us, but we were still sort of in the mould of the long ball, of what got that success in the first place. But um, I think the football club slowly... Gradually getting more football. We still have to be direct at times mm-hmm. because uh, you know sometimes on our pitch it hasn't been the best surface <laughs> to play on. But well, hopefully they can rectify that in the next couple of years. Sometimes it's just a battle game, so you might have to just battle, battle the way through and just play a little bit long balls. But I think in the final third or in their half, we're looking to play ball and uh, provide and score a lot of goals. Yeah, we're looking forward to that. Yeah. Like we're sitting in the, in the training room at the moment, it's empty, but it's not hard for us to imagine all the, sort of, all the boys here. Was there one, one of the squad that would sort of typically be me- messing around a bit? Sort of? Yeah, I'd probably say Scott Lodge. He'd be right there chucking balls about <laughs> and just uh, annoying people. <laughs> um, I'd probably say Troy Dean as well. He, he likes he likes to have a little bit of a joke, a little bit of banter. So no no deep heat in the pants or anything like that these days. Uh, no, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe at training, at training, but not not in here. Not, not asking about that. Okay. So game time. Yeah. How do you know it's time to go? What happens? Just after we get in, about one thirty, the gaffer normally comes in, has his little words, and then we go through the set pieces, and that's when he knows game time. Especially when we go out as well. Since we go out for the warm up, you know, everybody's focused, warming up properly and starting the game right. Do you have set times that go out for warm up? Yeah, we normally go out at 20 past two. We normally have a couple of minutes to ourselves to just have a little jog or a little kick about. And then after a few minutes, we get into the normal routine of our warm up. Bit of shooting practice as well, of course. Uh, not that you need it, Lord, <laughs> <laughs> Not for me, but yeah, I, I'm normally part of the bat four, so I normally do a bit of bat four work and a bit of passing. You're normally part of the bat four, does that say? It sounds to me you might be angling for a new position, Lord. Is well, uh, exclusive here? I'll play anywhere. <laughs> <laughs> left back, right back, left wing, right wing. So it's, it's fast approaching three o'clock. Do, do, you, is it, do the referee come and say, hey, come out? Or do, yeah, well, um, about ten minutes to three, the referee tells us to um, get ready. Okay. So everyone's just doing the final little bits and bobs, like putting on the shirts and doing the shoelaces, putting the tie-ups on. And then we go out, and then... Well, should we go out? Yeah. So there's a bell going, or anything like yeah, that? Yeah, there, there is a bell. There's a bell in there that's pretty loud. Can you do an impression of that bell so we can get the video out? <laughs> <laughs> there we go. So we're leaving the dressing room now. And this corridor, is this... Because the home team has to walk past the waiting dressing room. Yeah. Now, are they waiting for you, or...? 
it's, 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 just, it's just that, you know, outside the door where the train is, can, can this be where some tension sort of starts, or is it? Um, no, it, it varies. Sometimes they stay in the room and they might wait for us to come out, and sometimes we're out before them, or sometimes they're out before us. But um, in the tunnel is where the little bit of tension yeah. is, really, when we're seeing each other and we're face to face. You must know players from other teams. Yes. Is there that sort of. At what point do you, are you not friends? Are you, are you professionals? Because you, like, we, uh, you know, we see quite regularly that like, when you're warming up, that's where you kind of say hello and yeah. you know, shake hands and stuff. Is there a point where you switch that off? Yeah. Um, you know, obviously, we know quite a lot of the footballers from being at different clubs and seeing them just out and about. I think as soon as we get out there, really, that's when we're not friends no more. Okay. You because know, everybody wants the three points, everybody wants to, to get up the league, and everybody wants the winning bonus as well. So uh, when we're out there, we're not, we're not friends anymore. Okay. One of yeah. my favourite Watford moments was when you guys were in the, in the tunnel at the Millennium Stadium and you were giving it some serious hammer. Yeah, well, you know, that, that, that's what Aidy Buford loved at the time. He loved the intimidation. Yeah. You know, he loved everyone being loud, looking into their faces and trying to scare them. And it before, looked like you did as well. Before <laughs> we actually got out there. And, uh, and I think we did. A lot of times... They thought, oh, they're up for it. They look like they're up for it. And I think that happened at the Millennium. I think it sort of happened at Crystal Palace as well. Okay, that's interesting. Um, but even though they were a tough, really tough side, mm. really tough side, I think, you know, they felt the hostile environment that we were giving off. But, um, yeah, it, years after, we were still doing it. We used to have Danny Shitu in there, he's a big lad. <laughs> and if he's shouting, he's noticed <laughs> by the way, or you know to take notice. So, um, you know, we, we did intimidate a lot of teams, That's I thought. It's good. Now, we stood in the tunnel under the Welcome to Vicarage Road Stadium sign. We can just see the pitch. So the two teams line up here, yeah. ready to go out. That's right. Have you got a particular spot in that line that you, that you stand in? Yeah, I normally stand about here. I normally stand third or fourth. No, fourth or fifth in the in the line, and uh, I've always got a bottle of drink in my hand. Yeah, is that I've a little? Um, I think it is. I think it is. I'm not that superstitious, but I've always got a bottle of drink in my hand, and as I go out, I throw it onto the pitch. Little to the lap. side of the pitch. Good to, to for le- later on, or just to get rid of it? Mm, just to get rid of it, and it's just something that I've always done. Okay. Is it almost like a little switch? So they sort of you carry yeah. it and you throw it and you're like, right, yeah, yeah, we're ready to go. Yeah, let's go. But you're not superstitious, no. I'm not, not okay. really. But it, <laughs> that sounds like I. It does a bit, yeah. yeah. <laughs> that is one thing that I always do. Okay. So yeah. Z car strikes up, famous music. Yeah. And we start walking out. So we'll do Z car is and we walk <laughs> out, and you can see and hear the crowd really at this stage as we walk out into the. Uh, into the arena. How, how does it feel, Lloyd? Can you explain what it's like when you come out and hear that noise and see the crowd? We normally quite often have a packed free stand here, so uh, all the families are straight ahead of us, so we're always waving and obviously giving everyone a clap. We need to ro- walk straight across the pitch, and then uh, it's when we get the full atmosphere. Mm. Does it, how does it, does it still feel exciting? Is there nerves? Yeah, there? oh, there's always nerves. There's always nerves. Um, I'm sure, uh, for me personally, I'm 
my nerves is me going toilet every five minutes. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that might be because I drink a lot of water. Yeah. But it could be I just go toilet every five minutes. I think that's my nerves. So but if I you want to ask what's in that bottle, you're chucking a picture. <laughs> 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 uh, is, there a, is there a particular game that stands out when you've walked out and you've heard the crowd and you thought this is going to be a, a big night, a special night? Is there any particular games you can remember like that? I always say when we, you know, play the big teams on a Saturday. Um, I can remember a few years back, Sheffield United, and you know, they always bring a good, good bunch of fans. We've always had really good battles against Sheffield United. Mm, I love playing like against them. Yeah. And uh, even though we've been turned over a few times, I love playing against them. It's a bit disappointing now that they're in League One. We want to have that little, yeah. Especially when Warnock was there. Yeah, that's, in, that's yeah. interesting. You guys felt that because I think every football fan loves to get one over Neil Warnock. Yeah. <laughs> so, so you guys obviously felt that as a team as well. well yeah, because you know, Warnock is he's, he's got a big person personality. I quite like him actually. Um, I think he's you know he's a character, and that's what we needed again. You know, you always want to get one over on. Everyone really, That's but especially Sheffield United. Nice. <laughs> so if we turn right out of the tunnel, this is what you'll have done in your first appearance. Yeah. Going to, to sit on the bench, obviously. We're going to take a seat there mm-hmm. for a minute. I think yeah. I was uh, sitting on this side. No. Yeah, we might as well go and get the exact seat if we can. <laughs> I think I was sitting about here. Okay. Different seats now, but uh, more comfy these days, are they? Yeah. Well. Yeah. Not that you know. <laughs> though, you, don't, you don't warm the bench these days, of course, which is good. So that first game, Lloyd, was it Birmingham? It was. And there's an incident that happened in that game. Do you know what I'm going to talk about? Yeah, I think um, Pierre Issar yep. got injured yep. in the first 20 minutes, I think. And uh, he got stretched off and he fell off the stretcher. <laughs> Do you remember that? I can remember that, but I was so excited and, you know, I didn't even have no time to actually warm up. I just went straight on. So I, I didn't even think about... You know, it's the first team game. I just, I just went straight on. It was didn't really have the time to be nervous. Okay. But yeah, I, I remember it because everybody was talking about it afterwards. Yeah. I don't think there's anyone else playing professional football at the moment who will have started their career because someone was tipped off a stuff. <laughs> that wasn't exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And so fast forward a bit from that day, you've had a, you've had an amazing career. This is of course the start of your testimonial year. Yeah, that's right. Um, I'm going to choose a favourite moment. I think it's probably everyone's favourite moment. It's, you can guess what I'm going to say again. My goal. The goal. <laughs> the solitary goal so far. Talk us through that. Not just not just the actual goal itself. I know you've been asked this a million times, but how you how the whole the, the whole thing felt to you, what you what it meant to you, and sort of what just your memories of it really. All the boys have always been taking the mick out of me about not scoring. So uh, I always had that, you know, every day at me, you know. <laughs> and obviously, any time I got anywhere near the halfway line with the ball, mm. the fans used to always say, shoot. Did you, did you hear that? Shoot. <laughs> yeah, I used to hear it, yeah. Okay. I don't hear it anymore. I've scored a goal now, so. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone's used to it getting closer. Yeah, so I always used to hear that. And obviously, the boys used to take the mick out of me. Mm. When I actually scored the goal, uh, I made a run into the box. I scored and I thought, is it offside? <laughs> I didn't hear, I didn't hear any crowd like in a roar until two or three second pause, because 
I'm not too sure if they realised it was me. Mm, I think I'm they might have thought maybe uh, Nathan Ellington scored <laughs> because he was playing that game as yeah, well. Yeah, yeah. But is it so? I think it was because, like, for us down in the rookery, you're, you're at the other end yeah. and you're that far away and you, you never quite tell who scores. Yeah, you know? Even right. if Danny goes, is it Danny Carrie? Yeah. Was that Don Carey? Or was it, you know, it won't be either those two anymore. Well, it won't be it? anymore, but <clears throat> you, you're always a little bit questioning yeah. who it is. And then I think when everyone found out it was you, I missed the goal, unfortunately, but you can hear it on the commentary. You yeah. hear that sort of. You hear a cheer, then you hear a pause, and you hear a massive cheer. Yeah. And everyone realises that it's you who scored the goal. Yeah. Running into that box, and it's a diving header. It's a fantastic diving header. Have you ever tried to do a diving header before? Or? Um, well, in training, we always do uh, crossing and shooting. Right. But uh, I quite often miss. <laughs> 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 I've scored loads of goals like that in training before. It's not in the game. It was quite a lucky cross by Don Carey at the time. And I was just in the right place at the right time. Obviously, we was 1-0 down at the time. Yeah. So, even though I wanted to really celebrate, we was, it was still 20, 30 minutes into the game. Mm. And we was only drawing, so uh, I had to still concentrate on the game. How did you celebrate your goal? You know, after the game or in the days after the game? Yeah, well, um, after the game, everybody just helped me celebrate. We just went for you know, a little drink. But just to help me celebrate... Days after, I was obviously <laughs> on Sky, yeah. Yeah. and everybody was wanted to interview me, and you know that that that, that was a good moment, very good moment. Okay. So that's a, that's obviously a highlight, and we don't we don't like to dwell on negatives on the podcast, and uh, and you're you're a positive guy as well. But is there one game in your ten year career at Watford that you'd rather rather forget? Yes, so, uh, we were in the playoff against Hull City. I think that season we were at one stage 12 points clear, mm-hmm. 9 points clear by Christmas and to be honest we were cruising and after Christmas we took a foot off the pedal and then we just ended up in the playoffs <laughs> and we played Hull City in the semi-final. I think the first game was a big disappointment but in the second game I was sub and uh, you know, we, we went down by a couple of goals. And I just felt we gave up, and uh, I just felt I just felt the heart of the team just went, and I thought that that was like one of the worst moments of my career. It, it felt like for watching that was a really hard second half of that season to watch as a supporter yes. because yeah. it just felt it was just gradual sort of as you say the sort of it, yeah. and it couldn't quite work out what was happening. There was that West Brom game here, was, wasn't there when when we lost quite heavily? Yeah, that's right, and uh, there was like. 11 games we went without winning a game mm. but I think we drew about 10 of them yeah. so uh, I think that kind of like stalled us along on our journey what did you put that down to Lloyd you say you took the, the foot, your foot off the pedal a bit I'm sure you didn't sort of stop trying as much but do you think as a unit you were you felt more comfortable that you were top of the league and, and the premiership maybe was so. within touching distance maybe so um, I think we probably took a foot off the pedal a little bit thinking back now and uh, you know we, at the time January we got rid of Marlon King as well mm. he, he wanted to go and obviously he wanted to play in the premiership and uh, I don't think we really replaced his goals or his influence mm. in the team because as a player you know he worked really hard and you know obviously he scored goals yeah what would you say <coughs> What do you prefer in terms of, not just how you feel, but in terms of the footballing challenge, 
Do you prefer to be struggling, battling at the bottom, or did you prefer being cruising at the top? You always prefer cruising at the top. <laughs> okay, <laughs> because uh, you just love winning, don't you? Yeah. <laughs> when, when you're winning, everybody around the tra- changing room, cha- training ground, everyone's just more happy. You know, when you talk to fans, everyone's just more happy. Mm-hmm. You know, even from winning on a Saturday, and then you, you're meeting the fans, and you know, everyone's just happier. But when we go to training after losing on a Saturday, everybody's a little bit more piped down, if you know what I mean. Everyone's a little bit more down. Yeah, yeah. Even though we don't mean to be, it's just that that's just the way it is. It's natural, I yeah. Guess. You've been here, as you mentioned, you've been here a long time, which is a good thing. We're, we're delighted you've been here for so long. I'm sure I hope you are as well. Has there ever been a time where you've been close to leaving? Has there been other clubs coming in and sniffing around? Well, um... At one stage, uh, QPR came in for me. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't really have any intentions of going because at the time they were bottom of the league and we were top of the, of the yeah. league. That's yeah. when we were, you know, going back up trying to yeah. get into the Premiership. And there was a couple of seasons ago when Brendan came in. He came in and said, you know, you're not my type of player. I respect you, you know. I hope you, you know, try and find a club. But um, after six or seven games with him not playing me, he put me in. And uh, I played against Chelsea, even though we lost. I played pretty well. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And then for the next 15 games after that, I played. Mm. And then he gave me a new contract, which is good on him. Some managers could have been a bit stubborn and think, I'm not playing him, because I told him that he wasn't good enough, basically. But... Um, he, he played me and proved them wrong. Is that one of the most rewarding things? I think if, uh, listening to you talk there, that sort of almost makes me feel proud. Yeah. You know, on your behalf, that you've sort of proved someone wrong, and then yeah. to come back and—I mean, you haven't—you you can't have missed many games since th- since then, have you? No, no, I haven't. Um, last season I played 47 games, and no, the last season I played 40. Game the season before that, I played 47. So uh, I played most games. I wouldn't miss seven or eight games in the last two years which is very pleasing. But, yeah, you know, you always want to prove people wrong. Like, last year, we we got tipped to get relegated. Yeah. Everyone was saying that we were going to finish 23rd, 24th. And uh, when we went into the first game against Norwich, we had the confidence in us that we, was, we wasn't going to get relegated. And, obviously, we proved that through most of last season. How about this year? New, new faces? Well, yeah. Oh, a, lot more, a lot more new faces? Yeah, we've got five new faces. I'm sure we're going to still be tipped to be down at the bottom. But that's 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 something that we need to... That that pushes us on. That, you know, gives us that little bit of edge and everybody's going to expect us to lose most games. Hmm. But we're going to be the surprise package. Uh, and uh, <laughs> we've got some good players in there to replace the players that who we've lost. Mm. It would have been good to keep them, but we brought some good players in. And it's time for the youngsters to step up. One uh, quick last question, I think, and then we'll probably let you get on. We've, uh, we've kept you for ages. But in your time here, you, you mentioned we've, we've lost a couple of influential players, Danny, obviously. But who's the best player you've played with in a Watford shirt, and who's the best player you've played against? <laughs> best player, player i played against, I thought, when we was in the Premiership, I thought Saha 
that year, I think he scored 25 goals that season for Man U. He was awesome. And uh, I'd probably say the best partnership I played against was uh, I was playing centre half at the time. It was probably Rooney and Larson. <sighs> they were awesome. We lost 4 0 that day. <laughs> and I scored that on goal. They were awesome. Arteta as well, at the time, he just came to Everton. Couldn't get anywhere near him. He, he had that little special, you know, special zing. Yeah, <laughs> about him. Wait, what, what players you played? You know, your the players teammates. I played with. I thought someone like Marlon King. He was just ruthless. He always wanted to win. When he didn't score, he was disappointed in himself. And he had that ruthlessness just to like win, even in training. And or score or you know or shoot on target. I thought it was quality. Um, technically, that's a hard one. That's a hard one. Um, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. What plays when you were younger? When you were your first year, who, who were the Watford players that you kind of looked up to when you were? Um, yeah, well, I always looked up to, at the time, I was, I was coming to quite a lot of Watford games. Darren Baisley is pretty good. Even like Paul Robinson, he's only a few years older than me, but he was in the first team from pretty young. And, you know, he had that little edge about him to fling in a challenge. And it, obviously, he's, he's done well for himself now from going from Watford to West Brom and Bolton. When I was a lot younger than that, I always looked up to like Des Walker because mm. um, he was a solid bat. He was a solid player. No one ever got past him. You'll never beat Des Walker. That's right. <laughs> yeah. And uh, you know, obviously, he played for England, so he was one of the best centre halves mm. around. Good. Well, Lloyd, as the rain thrashes down yeah. on an empty Vicarage Road, hopefully the sun will shine on Watford's season and, and your testimonial season. We hope that's the real success. And I know people listening to the podcast will be excited to hear about stuff that's going on. Yeah. Um, and there'll be lots of chances to see you out and about and getting involved in lots of exciting stuff. So, Lloyd, thank you ever so much for your time. Good luck for the season. And we'll see you soon. Thank you. A podcast made by Watford fans, fans for Watford fans from the rookery end.